0: Hey guys, before we get to the pod, just a quick word from our great friends at Vivid Seats. If you've listened to the podcast over the last, oh, I don't know, it's been a few months now, you've heard me talk about Vivid Seats. And the reason I talk about Vivid Seats is because they are justifiably your top source for tickets for any event you want to go to. Um, there is no better time to get on the Vivid Seats bandwagon Because the holidays are here, if you want to catch a Knicks game, uh, if you want to catch uh, a show on Broadway, off-Broadway, anything you want, um, just go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and you'll be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, um, which is great um, because it has a 100% buyer guarantee. Um, Most importantly, new users, enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. One more time, when you go to download that app after you're on it and you go to look for your tickets, you got what you want, just enter promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at checkout, receive a discount of up to $100. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We thank you, as always, for joining us. Um, We are doing something a little bit different right now. We're recording this on a Monday night. The Knicks obviously uh, play next uh, on Tuesday, which is when you will probably be listening to this. And there's, uh, you know, never any shortage of of news about the big club. But we're not going to get into that tonight. Instead, we are going to focus on a topic of interest for, um, I think, more people than sometimes we realize. uh, Because, you know, we're Knicks fans and we're always thinking about where's the next, you know, possible... (laughs) I don't want to say savior. I hate throwing around that word. Where's the next possible bright spot that we have to look forward to? Um, And that uh, would be Westchester, the Knicks G League affiliate. So I thought it would be valuable to bring on uh, Dakota Schmidt of uh, Ridiculous Upside, um, which is SB Nation's official NBA G League blog. Dakota, how you doing, man?
1: I am uh, doing good, Jonathan. I'm always excited to talk... uh... G League basketball, and especially talk about a team that has a team in the Westchester Knicks that has pumped out a few um, NBA caliber players over the years.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Knicks fans are are well versed in the likes of. Well, Trey Burke is is the one who's probably gets the most attention, but um, you know, there have there have definitely been some others. Um, I myself was a big Kadeem Allen fan when he was up here last year, and I know we're going to get to talking about him. Um, before we get to the individual players though, I, I think it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of intrigue with some of the guys on this team. Um, but at the same time, the team is, is struggling right now. I get, uh, they're 1-6, right? Yes. Um, and we were talking a little bit before about about why that is. So why don't you give people who have not watched much Westchester basketball Um, a little snippet of what this season has has been like for the the Westchester Knicks
1: um the I think the main issue for Westchester has been the lack of uh frontcourt presence because the only frontcourt player that's been with Westchester throughout the season has been rookie Kenny Wooten uh of course New York has uh Ivan Rab on a two-way but he's been in and out of the rotation. He's been dealing with injuries and, you know, having only one um, front court player really can lead to, you know, the team not shooting so well from within the restricted area. And that's the case for Westchester. I looked it up like a half hour ago and they're shooting like 52% from inside the restricted area. Of course which of course is not good. They're also shooting <laughs> yeah, <it's> pretty bad. <laughs> from the free throw line. And in uh, in twenty nineteen uh, twenty uh G League where you know the free throw rules have changed and you know uh for the first forty six minutes of a game, they're only shooting uh one shot if it's not a, you know, an and one. Okay. So one shot for a two pointer, one shot for a three pointer. So, you know, being inefficient from the free throw line can really hurt a team more uh, than even your uh, your NBA or uh, college uh, game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just looking at some of the the stats right now, and um, it, they are much much like the big club. They are. Uh, the very bottom of the league in pace, they I think are, are currently ranked twenty seventh out of twenty eight teams in pace. So they they clearly play pretty slow, um, and they're also not scoring a whole lot of points. They they currently have a, a one hundred seven point four offensive rating, which it looks like is twenty uh, seventh of of twenty eight different G League teams. Um, it is it fair to say that despite some um, individual like individual players who offer intrigue and again, we're going to get to them in a, in a second, um, that there is not that this team has had its, its fair
1: share of, of struggles putting together a cohesive offense. Uh, you can, you can definitely say that. And also I, I feel like the, the way the team is currently situated, with a lot of, you know, backward players, um, just, uh, just, looking to think about the roster right now, you have Andrew White, Lamar Peters, Kadeem Allen, as currently the main um, uh, scorers, and of course, Agnes, that we're going to talk about later. And they're all, you know, based around, um, you know, perimeter shooting. They all can, you know, get up and down the court quickly. And for, like you said, a slower paced team, uh, that kind of setup isn't you know really that kind of roster setup I mean really isn't doesn't fit well within you know the slower paced offense you
0: you can't write this stuff i I literally have something coming in my newsletter to talk- Tomorrow, uh, I think it'll be in tomorrow's newsletter, or today, I guess if you're listening to this um about how the big the pro knicks need to start quickening their pace if they have any chance of of having a half decent offense it sounds it sounds like that's uh the case with Westchester as well, um especially given what you say their roster makeup is but um well um let's let's talk about some of the players um i you wrote a piece which I actually just retweeted. Um, about some of the players that uh, in the entire G League that you have kind of found most interesting slash intriguing, I guess, over the first couple yeah. weeks of the season. And and there are two Knicks who made your list. Um, and you mentioned both of them um, over the last uh, couple minutes we've been talking. One is Andrew White and the other is is Kenny Wooten. Um, Nick fans kind of know about Kenny Wooten. He was on the Summer League team. He's been, I guess you'd say, kind of in the news recently because he's been... You know, chattering it up on social media about how he, well, he hasn't been explicit, but it, it would seem to indicate he is frustrated with the fact that he maybe hasn't gotten more of an opportunity, has didn't get a chance with I don't know, maybe coming up to the next, whatever the case may be. Andrew White, I feel like, is a guy a lot of Knicks fans still don't know who he is. So why don't you give them a, a basic um rundown of, of Andrew White the third?
1: Um, I feel like uh, New York uh, fans may not know much about him, but New York uh, Knicks fans might not, not know much about him, but New York sports fans might know about, uh, about him because he played um, his senior season in college. At with Syracuse.
0: Uh, Syracuse, yeah. There you go. Yeah.
1: And since uh, leaving Syracuse, I mentioned in a piece, but he's had an up and down uh, G League career. He had an amazing start um, in 2017-18. He got a chance to play a few games with the Atlanta Hawks, and he was a... Uh, when he was a two-way player there, and his efficiency, uh, overall efficiency, and especially from beyond the arc, shooting 40% on six attempts per game in their circuit season, he was fantastic. Took a step back uh, last year with Maine um, due to the depth that they had, especially in the backcourt, but with Westchester, he's honestly been one of the best uh, scorers. He's putting up um, the kind of numbers that you get on playing NBA 2K on rookie mode. Um, <laughs> love, um, that's that's good enough. Eighteen point nine points, uh, five rebounds, fifty four percent from the field, and sixty percent from three. I, that's not so a misprint. Three I'm three. I'm
0: literally looking at my screen right now, and I'm seeing five point seven attempts a game. He is su- shooting sixty
1: percent from downtown. That that's insane. It is. It is. And. Um, he can do more than um, he's a, a, a obviously a fantastic three point shooter, but he can also attack and closeouts. Um, he's a, uh, you know, a solid. He's shown some uh facilitating skills, and yeah, his three point shooting. <laughs> you can just look at his number, look at him shooting sixty percent, and you know that tells the whole story.
0: Yeah, and I mean we should say obviously, you know, he's 26 years old. He he had a few different colleges he was in um I guess Nebraska for a while. He was it started in Kansas, then he went to Nebraska, then as you said he he went to Syracuse. He's he's bounced around the league a little bit. Um he he's listed as a small forward. Is that is that fair to say that's his NBA position?
1: Yeah, he's 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 a wait, so shooting guard, small forward. He you know, has good size for that, uh, for where he's at. So, again, I, I'm not gonna
0: lie. I, I don't. I've never watched Andrew White play a game, but just looking at his his um, numbers, it would it would seem that he is a guy that you're gonna put on this floor to um, to get buckets and not do much else. But does is there? does he have anything else to his game? Like, is, is this a guy that is more of a well-rounded player and he's just being asked to score in Westchester or, or is this,
1: is that basically what he is? Um, he is a, um, uh, pretty well-rounded, uh, player. He is very solid on the deepest end. he knows how use the size, but you know, with how the Westchester Knicks are, you know, currently situated and how they, um, you know, need, uh scores you know andrew white has uh had to take that uh job with westchester and obviously he's you know uh doing fantastic at least from uh an efficiency uh perspective
0: if you had to bet do you think he will see time with an nba team at some point this year
1: um if he keeps on i think if he keeps on, obviously he's not going to shoot 60% from the three for the entire season. But if he stays and goes down and stays at like 43, 44% from beyond the arc, I can see him maybe being like um, what we saw from John Jenkins okay, uh, last season as being a uh, second unit guy that can you know, come in and hopefully um, give, uh, give, give a team some help from uh, be, uh from uh beyond the arc. Yeah, I
0: actually like Jenkins. Um I was I was happy whenever he got a chance to check into the game. Of course, um it it didn't take much to to make me happy last year uh with <laughs> the, with the alternative for what we had to watch for much of that season. Um next up, why don't why don't we actually talk about two I I was going to say let's talk about Kenny Wooten, but I'm thinking to myself, well, in, in your article that you wrote um uh, a few days ago, you talked about how Kenny Wooten seemed to be slated for the other two way spot that the Knicks had. At and least then, for my
1: eyes. What's that? I that's at least for my eyes, that's that was more of an educated guess. No, I, uh,
0: I think every single Knicks fan was questioning why he didn't get that, especially those who were in summer league. Um I was there, I mean I saw the guy in person. He's just he's an unreal athlete. Um and he seems to have you know, a lot of awareness on the defensive end, but instead they gave it to Ivan Rab, who, you know, had, obviously, he was at one point, he was a top five prospect, uh, you know, when he was, I guess, a freshman in college, and then ended up, you know, going later in the draft, and, you know, was in Memphis for two years, didn't really catch on there. What, you know, can you, what is it about Ivan Rab that, you know that have you seen if anything that would lead you to believe that he deserved this this two-way contract more than kenny wooten
1: um mainly because at this point uh one rab has that nba experience and even though he um he got waived by the uh grizzlies um during the offseason he put up solid numbers with the team in the lemon roll i'm looking at his uh uh, page right now, and it's 5 point and he put up 5.7 points 4 point, you know, 3 rebounds per game on 55% shooting in 14 minutes per game, which you know, are solid numbers, and he also produced well in a D League league uh, when he was with the Grizzlies D-League uh, affiliate in the uh, Memphis Hustle and I feel like the Knicks um, saw uh, Rab's experience um, in the D-League and numbers he put up and the fact that he was a uh, Decent, productive NBA player in limited minutes. I thought, you know, maybe Rab could be more of a depth guy, uh, rather than Wooten being a, uh, you know, a prospect that we develop uh, over the course of a uh, of, of around like two seasons. It it
0: sounds like you're saying that you think Wooten has maybe the higher upside, but Rab is more like a guy that can potentially come up and give the team NBA minutes like as soon as this season. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. So, okay. So like, again, we, we know what, what Rab is. We, we kind of know what he is and he's, he's, you know, I guess dabbles a little bit with the three point shot, but he's, you know, he's a, he's a traditional low post guy. Um, and you know, sure enough in three games with Westchester, he's averaging, you know, nearly a double double, um, Wooten to me is fascinating. Because I don't think you could – like much like Mitchell Robinson, um, who's been having some foul issues of late, I don't think you could teach what Kenny Wooten has. Like ha- Absolutely not. <laughs> so talk, talk to me about Kenny Wooten. What have, what have you seen this year?
1: You, you can't teach somebody – you can't teach the athleticism that Wooten has. You can't you know, teach the, the quickness. To, to be able to be a help defender that wound has shown. And man, he's been a fun player to watch. <laughs> um, again, I'm looking at his numbers in 23 minutes per game, 23 minutes per game, he's averaging three blocks, which. That's is, insane. Yeah, no, that's insane. It's incredible. it's incredible. And I watch him and even though he's not putting a good offensive numbers, like the glimpses of him working the pick and roll with somebody like D'Amel, and I and I see like that could be somebody. That could be somebody being you know a uh, pick and roll threat, being able to you know protect the rim the way he is. And I'm like maybe it could be like a six eight uh, De- DeAndre Jordan.
0: I, I mean, uh, once upon a time, DeAndre Jordan <laughs> was was definitely uh, before he he became a corpse uh, at some point during the last couple of years, um, was was quite the player. Um, I I noticed, just again, looking at, at the stats page here, Rab has been with the Westchester Knicks for three games, and he has started all three of those games. I noticed Kenny Wooten has been with them for all seven games that they've played, but has only started four of those games. Would would I be correct in assuming that the four that the three games Wooten hasn't started, Rab has essentially started in his place?
1: Um. Yes. Okay. I believe so. That, I can't. Well, I can. I can look it up in over the course of the uh, next few uh, moments. But yeah, well, while well, you're
0: yeah. while you're looking that up, that uh, it would makes. I'm going to go ahead and guess that that's the case because if it is, it would explain why Kenny Wooten has been. Um, let's say a bit a bit perturbed uh, of late, and and why he took to social media. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I know you said Wooten has had his offensive struggles. I get that he's only averaging five points a game. Um, but you know, I I a guy that could like jump that high. Like, what do you, you know, if a guy could set a good screen, and and Mitchell Robinson hasn't even really needed to do that. Um, to be a really you know devastating. Pick and roll threat and a, a lob threat. Like, how hard could it really be for Kenny Wooten to to make that transition to becoming more of a a useful player? I don't know. I guess I'm just this. This strikes me as a little bit confusing as to why the, the Knicks would would go this route. But then again, I, I you know this wouldn't be the first thing that the Knicks have done that that confuses <laughs> me. Um. So anyway, um
1: can I uh can I say a, a last uh Yes, about please. um even though he's a fantastic uh rim protector and putting up unbelievable numbers he still has some flaws on defense and and that deals with um you know trying to box out and trying to get uh defense rebounds especially against uh, bigger, taller, more experienced players, uh, you know, that might change as uh, as the season goes on and as he becomes more comfortable playing against, uh, you know, those more experienced guys, but um, he has problems with, um, you know, dealing with uh, stronger stronger players and you know, that's the one I guess, weak, th- that's the one weakness I see from uh, Wooten uh, so far this year.
0: I, you know, I mean, it's interesting. Maybe they feel like he's a guy without a position. Um, you know, he's not big or sturdy enough to defend fives. But to me, it's like, you know, I mean, the NBA it, it has has it's it's not going back to the way to the way of the dinosaurs. It is what it is now, and it seems to be here to stay. Um, I, I would take my chances having a, a guy like that flying around as a backup five. Um, you know. It, maybe not this year maybe without not without some more seasoning but um i i get it um i get it but you know i don't know count me as intrigued as wanting to see more of kenny wooten
1: and i feel like um what like like you said i understand what the knicks are doing putting more emphasis on rap because you know he has more experience you know in the nba and he's shown a lot at the g-league level but kenny Wooten's a guy that's going to get snatched up by some other team if the Knicks just keep him in the position that he is because his his skill is evident when you watch him and so that you know, uh, 29 other NBA teams you know have to see that skill Well that's
0: that's the thing is like and I guess I should ask you because you watch more G League than you know anybody who's not employed in the G League and you probably watch more than a lot of those people is the, is it like the type of thing where when a guy is clearly an NBA player, it just stands out, um, you know, on the court. Uh yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> and
0: and would you say? And it sounds like you're saying Wooten qualifies.
1: Um, uh, he has an NBA skill set. Okay, that's that's that, an NBA skill set. He stands out.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um, that's fair. Let's talk about um a couple of the guards before we get to uh, everybody's favorite topic, uh, Iggy brzdakis So, <laughs> um. Kadeem Allen and, and Lamar Peters. I was in the I, I have some, some cold takes sometimes. I'm not sure that any take that I had from Summer League was colder, at least in the terms of, of the response that it got from people who were watching, um, than that I thought Lamar Peters was really good. And I say really good obviously with, you know, um some caveats, like he, like compared to the other guys he was out there on the floor with, he's like, to me, that guy from a defensive standpoint stood out. Um, you know, granted, I I couldn't, can't tell you that I remember one basket he made, um, because I don't, all I remember was his effect on the defensive end. Um, and I'm just looking now he's taking 7.7 three pointers a game and he's making nearly 40% of them. Um, what have you What have you seen from Lamar Peters so far um, with the with the Westchester team?
1: I've seen a really fun player that loves <laughs> to shoot uh, from beyond the arc, and like you said, he's really good at it. Even though you know he can have his uh, down games, like um, last week against the Grand Rapids Drive, he was he didn't score at all. Of over six from the field, and for three from uh, beyond the arc. But um while he'll have those games where he just goes cold and just goes inefficient, uh either from the field or from uh beyond the arc, he can still help you. Like um from from the little I, I watch of the Western mix because I try to watch all uh twenty eight D League teams, um I see somebody that that works on the defense end and it's kind of a Past, especially when it comes to, like, getting to the passing lanes, and also somebody that can, you know, facilitate a bit. Like, his um, he's averaging 5.6 assists per game. His um, assist-turnover ratio is not that good, but I've definitely liked what I've seen uh, from uh, Lamar Peters, especially towards the beginning of the season where he was, you know, uh, red-hot from the uh, field in a few games against uh, Oklahoma, uh, the second of the back-to-back against Grand Rapids, where he put up uh, 21 points on 61% for the field. So I really like. I'm repeating myself a lot in this podcast, and I apologize. No, it's fine. Like it, listen, I'm if optimistic. what you're if
0: what you're repeating is that you really like players that are on the Westchester Knicks, that's <laughs> trust me, that'll that'll sell. That's fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, I like, I like Lamar Peters too. Do you, it's a similar question to, um, the guys we, we just talked about. Do you think there is a path for him to make it to, you know, the, not, if not the Knicks, the, uh, um, you know, the, the NBA?
1: I don't know if I've seen enough of him to make the declaration about whether he's an NBA prospect or somebody that can make a lot of money playing overseas, that's fair. Um,
0: it, so the other guy that I want to talk about when we're talking about the the guards um, is Kadeem Allen. I yes. I fell in love with Kadeem Allen last year in a big way. Um, he was up um, after – he was up at a couple different points during the season, but he had one particular stretch of games where for about two to three yep. weeks straight – I, th- I'm pretty sure I made the argument that I thought he was the Knicks' best player for, and again, the Knicks themselves were a glorified G League team, so I'm not sure that that's saying much. But um, he stood out, and actually, you know, f- from from now until the end of time, if you go back and you look at the Knicks' best players in terms of net rating last year, um, I'm fairly certain that Kadeem Allen is still at the top of the list. I think he's. He's he may have actually I think he may have even finished the year with a positive net rating, which on that team is you know you should frame that and put it on a mantle somewhere. Um, <laughs> what, what have you seen? What have you seen from Kadeem Allen uh, so far this season?
1: Um, my opinion on Kadeem is going to range what I saw of him last year with Westchester and what I saw of him as a rookie with me because in four games he only played four of the seven games with um. Uh, Westchester, and you know his, his efficiency as a uh, shooter has uh, dipped a lot. But from my overall um, experience watching Kadeem Allen as a pro, I have to say that I am as big of a fan as you are. In fact, that I I put uh, Kadeem, I did a top fifty G League pr- player rankings before the season. It kind of extended into the season because, you know, it's a lot of work. but Jesus I Christ, him... that
0: does sound like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: does, especially when I have to write all of uh, the descriptions on all 50 players. But uh, I put him in the top 10 mostly because of his fantastic plan on the defense end. Uh, and, you know, that's... Warranted because he's been on the G League All Defensive Team during his two years in the G League, which is you know great consistency in itself. And aside from besides from his great work as a defender, he is an extremely underrated passer. He he has tremendous core vision, especially when it comes to working in the jab and dish. Uh, over the course of the games that I've seen of him going back to his rookie year, I have continued to have been impressed with the vision and kind of passes that he makes um in the you know in the driving dish and and he can you know he can definitely um show a lot as somebody that can you know drive to the paint uh, he's a bigger guy you know 6'1 um, 200 so he's a strong dude but he's, so he's built like a
0: Mack to- truck <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he can he can handle you know driving into uh, into contact you know around the rim. I, um, I guess the main issue of him has been his uh, perimeter shooting. He shot forty one percent from the three point line last year with Westchester, but that was only on two point three uh, times per game. So and he up. was around
0: forty percent for the Knicks, and then and now I'm looking this year he's he's back down to thirty percent, which I, I think. That was the one knock on him that I heard from people who had who had watched him for, for longer um when he was having his nice run here is like he's this guy is not this good of a shooter and it, it sounds like he, he's not.
1: <laughs> yeah, but again, um I don't know how much you want to take away from his current play with uh, Westchester because it's four games and it's uh ridiculously, you know, small sample size. I, compared to what he did in twenty eighteen nineteen, and you know back there's his rookie year with uh main when it comes to his overall package. So we're not talking about shooting because I agree with other people that his shooting um, has never been that great. Even going back to his time in college with Arizona, but his passing, his defense ability to get to the paint, those are all uh, very solid.
0: I I just remember the thing that'll stand out for him for me last year was other, other than his defense, which I thought was phenomenal and incredibly sound was he had burst and he just would get into the lane um, at will. It felt like when he was up here and, you know, even Dennis Smith jr. Who um, I think is still getting his conditioning back and, and, and for as much as he was, you know, Maybe thought of as, as the best college athlete in the country or one of the top two or three when he came out in the draft. We haven't really seen that as much from Smith this year. And it's just, you know, obviously I know that the Knicks are, their rotation is already overloaded and, and we could sit here and talk about that for days. We don't need to. But I don't know. I, I, I want to see more of Kadim Allen. I, I'll be curious what happens after the trade deadline and, um, you know, if they find a role for him, um, if he does indeed make it up onto the roster. Um, let's – before we go, we have to talk about Iggy. You did a breakdown of his um, his game with uh, Westchester where he scored – what was it, 36 points?
1: Um, Something yeah, like somewhere that. around Yeah, 34,
0: yeah. 36, whatever it was. He's played four games for them. He started four games for them, obviously. He started all the games he's played. Averaging 32 minutes a night, um, 18 points. So obviously the 36 point night was, was kind of an outlier. Um, taking, you know, five threes a game, 38% from three. Um, I, I mean, there are Nick fans who feel like Fresdakis should be getting 25 minutes a night with the Knicks. Like now, um, I, I, I mean, look. I was at the summer league game where he he came out and scored thirty. I, I I mean, the kid he looked the part then. He seems to look the part now. What what have you seen from from uh, Igba so far?
1: Um, in that amazing game that I uh, did a video thread on, where he uh, he put up yeah, you're right. He put up thirty six points against the uh, Grand Rapids Drive. Uh, man, he was good. <laughs> um, his, uh, his perimeter jumper looked smooth as hell but the the one thing I was really impressed by was his work inside the paint whether it was driving to the rim or just showing a lot of heart, a lot of hustle when it came to grabbing off the rebounds and being able to score after he grabbed off the rebounds and the one play that still sticks, sticks out in my mind that's in the thread, is that he grabbed an offensive rebound and he was surrounded by two or three other Grand Rapids Drive players. He he didn't get scared, he didn't get worried, he just stayed confident, did what he had to do, and he put the ball back in the basket. And that's also the case, that confidence is also the case when he's actually driving um, to the paint, where he shows uh, patience when it comes to using fakes to, you know, get a defender um off balance or uh just waiting for the uh right, you know second to uh to uh tap the shot after uh driving to the paint.
0: It it sounds like you're describing a guy who has some old man game um to A him. little bit, yeah. Which, which, is, which it, is which is which awesome is he's I think he's still nineteen, right? Uh it's something he's, a, a, it's, he's young. Um yeah, uh, and like I don't know, man. I, I'm 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 been trying not to get too excited about about Iggy because I, I, I've, I've got
1: see him more though at the G League level because while he had an amazing game against uh, Grand Rapids, um, he's also had some you know not um he's had some you know dual average games. Uh, I'm looking at his uh, game logs. Um, By the, the way, so I, should, I should I should correct stuff. myself. He he's,
0: he's only he's only he is twenty years old, and he's actually turning twenty one in in January, so he's he's not quite that young. But he's you know he's he's youngish. Um, so yeah. yeah, you were saying he had some games that were not so great. Yeah. I I mean, look, he's gonna get time with the big club, um, but the fact that you're describing a guy who clearly has a certain feel for the game. Um, which is something that um i think um is is quite frankly missing uh with the big club especially with some of the players um that are that are drawing uh my ire and the ire of some other nick fans um that type of thing would be refreshing and and that and i think you know i know this isn't really your your area of expertise but like the the idea of what happens with this team in February and March and April if they are out of it and, you know, Julius Randle is still on this roster, um, and Iggy is there, like, you know, I, I know who I'm gonna want to see at that point. Um I
1: have, a, I have a question for you. Sure. About the New York Knicks.
0: <laughs> Absolutely please. I, I, I do tend to think about them sometimes. And I
1: was thinking <laughs> I was thinking about asking it when we were talking about Kadeem Allen and and you talked about how Allen hasn't got much of an opportunity because the um, – I don't know what word to use to describe um, New York's point guard uh, situation. I wouldn't say it's stacked or – it just has a lot of pieces.
0: Well, you it's it, I, pieces. it's been m- – Honestly, the crazy thing is, over the last week, it's probably been their most consistent position <laughs> because Frank has had some. Frank has been really good for a while now, um, but he had a, a 17 point game on Wednesday that was that was really great. Um, and Dennis McJr has has not been as consistent, but has had some really nice moments um, and segments yeah, kind of,
1: of games from an outsider's perspective, I kind of view the point guard position as the place where you put a lot of, uh, products where you try to guys like Alfred Payton, like Dennis Smith jr guys that weren't able to stand out on the teams that they were drafted by, but you know, moved to New York to get a second opportunity. Unfortunately, you know, uh, Smith, uh, Smith jr. Frank, uh, happened, you know, doing good. And that's, you know, amazing for them. But unfortunately, you know, uh, Kadim Allen is kind of, you know, left to the wayside in that situation.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's it's unfortunate because I think, again, I'm just going by what I saw of Kadim last year. And you've seen a lot more of him than me. He strikes me as a guy that can absolutely be, if not a full-time backup point guard in this league, then, you know maybe um the like a s like the your your second guard off the bench, so like a guy that comes in and plays like fifteen minutes a night and is just you know is just stable, and I think the Knicks are in a position where they're still trying to figure out um who is their like. Who is their point guard of the future? Is the point guard of the future on this team? Do we have multiple point guards of the future on this team? Can they play together? Can they? Should they never play together? Like, all of those questions are still unanswered. And I feel like this season, it's, it's almost going to... I, I would be surprised if it did not take them this entire season to figure that out. And I, I just, you know... But if it takes that whole time... Are there any minutes left for Kadeem Allen? Well, you know, maybe not. And and where does that leave him? Uh, but I'll say this. I would be shocked if that guy did not have a relevant stretch of real basketball playing for, like, a competitive NBA team at some point in his career. Like, I, I like that dude. Like, he, is, he he's good.
1: From your description, you kind of view Kadeem Allen as having the career arc of somebody else that came up from Westchester spent a lot of time in New York and it's now on um, has had a, you know, Mr. Solid NBA career. M-
0: Mr. Galloway. Yes. Well, I, I haven't checked the stats recently, but last time I looked, um, I think never... Langston has finally figured out, um, the, the three point shot to uh, I, and I hope I, I, I will not go back and edit this podcast if I am wrong. <laughs> but from what I was looking earlier in the year, um, he was he was finally hitting it consistently from deep let's see if i have to eat my words no i don't have to eat my words he's shooting 44 percent from three (laughs) on the year on 5.7 attempts per game good for me knowing what the hell i'm talking about um yeah man um he's averaging 13 points a game as a 28 year old for like a not great but not terrible pistons team yeah that's not a bad comp
1: yeah in terms of player arcs, again, they're completely different players. I will never think that like Allen is going to shoot 44% on, um, you know, five attempts per game like Langston currently is. But in terms of, like you said, being a solid, you know, second guard off off the bench, I agree with you uh, from that perspective on uh, Kadeem. And that's why I had him in my top 10 because I've been such a big fan of him.
0: Well, you know... It's the type of thing where, yeah, you're you you can only you can only serve so many objectives at once. And if you're the Knicks right now, I think they're so focused on figuring out you know who are going to be our core pieces going forward. Um, that, you know, maybe they, maybe they already have identified Kadim Allen as a guy who is not a core piece, but someone who's could be, who could be a helpful contributor for years. And again, it's the, the only question is whether or not they're going to be able to, to keep him around long enough for them, uh, to, to have, you know, him benefit them as, as opposed to, um, another team. And and again, I, I hope that they do. I, I, I know I'll say it another time. I just, I like that kid. Um, all right, Dakota, we've talked about a lot. Um is there anything that we missed before we get out of here that you wanted to to say about the Westchester Knicks or or anything um related to whatever, whatever you want? Uh
1: no, not at all. I I think I've talked all I can about the uh the five players that we talked about. Um and later if you have me on a later episodes, maybe we'll talk about other players. But uh, yeah, we didn't mention about,
0: Amir Hinton or VJ King. Like those guys have, you know. Even um, what's his face, uh, Zach Irvin has has been like starting games for them. Like there are some other guys on this team. Is is there anybody else that has been like really exciting to you um, that we that we haven't mentioned explicitly or talked about explicitly?
1: Not necessarily exciting, but there have been a player or two that have been a solid. Okay. Um, one guy is uh, JJ Moore. Okay. Who uh, played with uh, the Long Island Nets around two, three years ago? That's the Long Island Nets team that uh, before their you know big time run to the uh, G League finals uh, last year. And um, he's he's been uh, putting up a really solid numbers so far with uh, Westchester: eleven point seven points, three rebounds, fifty-two uh, percent from uh, the field, and forty-five percent. Uh, from from three and seventeen minutes per game, which is incredibly solid production. You know, obviously um I don't see that kind of perimeter efficiency lasting as we, you know, get further along into the NBA season, but he's um he's a, he's always been a smart uh incredibly uh, smart player, um with the ability to, you know, jot to the uh, paying also um, somebody of a good size six six two hundred fifteen pounds. So while I don't really see him as an NBA player, he will be a solid uh, ro- ro- rotation piece for uh, Westchester uh, this year.
0: And sure enough, as I'm as I'm hearing you talk about J.J. J. Moore, who if if J.J. J. Moore walked in my house right now, I wouldn't know who he was. Um, I Google his name, and what's one of the first things that comes up? From Mexico to Long Island, a look at J.J. J. Moore's journey to being a solid D-League forward by Dakota Schmidt from two years ago. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is pretty cool that you – did you get a chance to interview him for this story?
1: Uh, I might have. Um
0: that it was, looks like I mean, yeah, it looks like you so did. Moore told ridiculous upside in a recent interview. So somebody got a chance to interview this guy. Yeah. So whether it was you or somebody else, um, that's pretty cool, man. Um, I, listen, you're you're killing it. Uh, you're absolutely killing it um, with with the with the G League stuff. Um, if you're listening to this and you are not following both um, the ridiculous upside page, um, not that they need my help. <laughs> um it's a it's a verified account um you should do that but also follow dakota so you're at um dakota schmidt so it's d a k d a k o t a underscore s c h m i d t yes um, remember
1: the underscore yes gotta remember to the underscore. somebody else has regular dakota schmidt without the underscore
0: uh those bastards
1: yes but i have dakota Underscore Schmidt.
0: Um and I'll and obviously I'll I'll tag you in the pod. So if you uh don't feel like getting out the old pen and paper um to write down what Dakota Schmidt's Twitter handle is, just uh just go to the link um in uh on my Twitter page and uh you could you could click from there and follow him. Uh like I said, he's he's really good and it's it's just you know, if you want to get educated about anything that's going on with the G League you should you should follow him. Um anything you wanna uh plug or promote before I get you out of here?
1: Um there is an eighty percent chance that uh ridiculous upside or myself will be doing a weekly uh prospect ranking piece featuring guards forwards or bigs or players of all positions. I haven't figured it out yet, but there is an eighty percent chance that a weekly G League prospect. Uh, By prospect, I mean guys on uh, standard G contracts or two-way. So, you know, no no assignees. Unfortunately, you won't see Agnes there. But there's an 80% chance that uh, that will be coming on ridiculous upside. I just had to wait long enough for, you know, guys to, uh, for teams to play at least five games for me to, you know, really get a good estimate on, you know, who's... Who is fantastic? Who you know just had a, an amazing game or two, so so yeah, that m- is is very likely going to be coming on a ridiculous upside by next week. Um,
0: I am excited for that, and if you're listening to this, you too should be excited for that. Um, because uh, yeah, it's good, it's just good, informed. It's good informed basketball knowledge. Um, I,
1: uh, can I say one more thing?
0: Absolutely, please. <laughs> we're we're nothing if not a home for my uh,
1: my reign on, uh, northeastern um podcast or radio shows talking about the D League has continued. I talked on Lockdown Wizards podcast before the season. I talked to the boys at Hofstra um, about <laughs> the Lawn Island Nets, and I've talked to you about the Westchester Knicks. So, if there's anybody that wants me to talk about the Maine Red Claws or trade my waters, Taco Fall, come at me.
0: i uh, listen, man. If you're not coming at Dakota Schmidt for um, your G League knowledge, then you are missing out. Um, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm just saying it's not because he's on my. he's <laughs> not on my my podcast right now. It's just. Because he's good. All right, Dakota, thank you so much for coming out and taking some time out on a Monday night to join me. And, uh, of course, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Next Film School Podcast. We will be back with you. Um, we're taking – I'm taking the, the night tomorrow off. Um, and uh, Or tonight, I guess, uh, by the time you're listening to this. Uh, I will, though, have an episode with you or for you um, for your – Thanksgiving weekend travels uh, with a very special guest um, who I'm sure will have some some good insights as he always does. Uh, Until then, uh, have a great rest of your week and we will talk you soon.